Good morning and welcome to the Bethel Baptist Bible Devotion Time. This is Pastor Donnie Shoemate of the Bethel Baptist Church here in North Wilkesboro, North Carolina. I want to welcome you today. Hope you're doing good on this Monday. May the Lord bless you. Thank you for taking time to tune in with us for just a few moments today. Looking again in the Gospel of St. Mark, and we have actually entitled our study, A Journey Through Mark. And today we're going to look in a brand new chapter, I'm going to look just in a few verses and try to give uh, just a few thoughts this morning as we open up God's Word together. And again, if you have a copy of God's Word nearby, I want to encourage you this morning to open up your copy of God's Word with me, and let's read together from the pages of the Word of God. Just for a moment, before we do read the Scripture today, let's, let's just begin by looking at uh, where we are in the Word of God. Just a little bit of a review this morning before we read our text verses. We're only going to deal with four of them today, but we first of all must recognize in our minds that the Lord Jesus, his fame, had spread throughout the nation of Israel. And you can imagine uh, someone who could heal and did heal and, and had the power and the ability to do the mighty miracles that Jesus did. The word had gotten out. His fame had spread throughout all the land of Israel. And I marvel at that as I think about it. And now the Pharisees were very concerned about this religious teacher and the popularity of Jesus and his miracles that he was performing. And as we're looking here this morning, we must remember as we read through the scripture that we do not, I don't think, fully comprehend the swelling crowds that was following after our Lord. I imagine that the Pharisees were concerned for several reasons. First of all, I think maybe that they were concerned about the news of, of this man from Galilee and the, and the movement that was following after him getting back to Rome. And the Pharisees didn't Rome, want Rome's further involvement in their affairs, but they were concerned about the word, the news getting back to Rome about this healer and this great prophet that was in the land. And there were actually many people who were ready to crown Jesus 
king right then and there. And that's simply because he is the king of all kings. And again, there were many who wanted him to be king at that moment, not realizing that the Lord came for a greater purpose. And so it was because of all the fame and the reports about Jesus that their curiosity was provoked. And not only that because uh, of Rome's involvement, but also they wanted to maintain their authority and power in Israel. The Pharisees themselves didn't want someone to come in and take over their power uh, ability there in Israel. Now, let's read for just a moment in Mark chapter number seven. We'll begin reading in verse one. And again, we're going to look here in the word of God for these four verses. And then we'll just give you a few thoughts as we go through this. First of all, Mark chapter seven, verse one, the Bible says, then came together unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes, which came down from, or actually, which came from Jerusalem. Now, sometimes the Bible does say uh, that they came down from Jerusalem, even if they were going to the northern part, uh, and Galilee was to the north, but the Bible here doesn't say that, but sometimes it is referred to as coming down from Jerusalem because Jerusalem is a city on a hill. And if you've ever been there, you'll understand that the reasoning that they say coming down from Jerusalem, it's because you ascend off that hill that the city of Jerusalem is on. First of all, I see the determined delegation. In verse one, they came together, uh, then came together, uh, unto him the Pharisees and certain of the scribes. You see, the fellows from Jerusalem that came down, first of all, was the Pharisees. Now, the word Pharisee, if you look up the Hebrew, the word Pharisee means to separate. And we know that the Pharisees was a sect among the Jews whose religion consisted of strict observance of the rites and the ceremonies and the traditions of the elders, and they pretended to be holy, and it led them to separate themselves as a group, considering them, themselves, more righteous than the other Jews. The Pharisees were very well known. They were pretenders, and Jesus is going to call them out for that. But not only do we have the Pharisees who came from Jerusalem, but also the Bible says the scribes came, some of the scribes as well. Now, the scribes were actually, they were writers and they were doctors of the law. A scribe was a man of great learning. He was skilled in the law and especially the Old Testament. Many of them could quote the Old Testament passage by passage. And this began during the, the time of Ezra. And if you read about that, you can turn back to Ezra and read about the scribes. And so it was that the scribes and the Pharisees and their curiosity, as well as their uh, commitment to keep things as it were, came with deep concern. And this delegation from Jerusalem had come to Galilee to see for themselves this man named Jesus. Now, they didn't come to worship him. 
the fellows from Jerusalem. Secondly, not only do I see them uh, coming from Jerusalem, but I see the, the far journey that they traveled just to come uh, to Galilee. This journey that they took would have been today about a two and a half hour drive in a modern vehicle. It was somewhere roughly over 100 miles, maybe 115 miles to the place where Jesus was. Walking, though, it would take over 30 hours. Uh, that's not including time to rest, time to eat, or time to sleep. So you can imagine the journey that they went on because they either rode uh, some kind of uh, animal or they walked this journey. And it was a long way. 30 hours is a long way to travel if you're on foot. So we see it was a far journey and they uh, very well had it on their mind as they talked about what they would do when they got there. They had a plan and uh, they did. Now, notice with me in verse number two in your Bible, if you'd look again, and when they saw some of his disciples eat bread with with defiled, they that is to say with unwashing hands, they found fault. So here it is that they began to declare defilement, and the fault was found in verse number two, and let's consider this for a moment. They, they didn't take notice of the miraculous feeding of the 5,000 men, plus the women and the children with the five barley loaves and two fish. They didn't take that into consideration. They didn't think about the, the 12 baskets that was left over and remained after everyone had ate of that great miracle of the blessing of the, of the fish and the bread, the multiplication. They, didn't notice the great healing of, of multitudes of people with diseases. They didn't notice. It didn't take into consideration the casting out of demons. They did find fault, however, with a few of the disciples who did not wash their hands in the manner that the Pharisees felt like they should before eating. Not only do we see the fault found, but we see the favored formality. In verse number three of Mark chapter seven, the Bible says, for the Pharisees and all the Jews, except they wash their hands oft, eat not, holding the tradition of the elders. Verse number three here speaks of the tradition of the elders. Now, I want you to get this, and I, I do want you to, to understand tradition was a big thing to these religionists in Jesus' day. The oral law is what's being referred to. That is the tradition of the elders. The law, oral law is something we need to talk about for just a moment. The oral law or traditions of men had been passed down generation to generation to the Jews. The Pharisees had actually written, the, had the written law as well, the Torah, the first five books of the Bible. But there's another Torah known as the oral Torah or the Torah Sheba Baal Pen as they call it. The oral Torah refers to the later works of the rabbinic period, mostly prominent uh, during the time of the Talmud. 
It explained the statues recorded in the written Torah. Now, what that simply means, I had that written in a note, is this. What they did, they took the Torah, the written word of God, and these rabbis began to expound upon that. And it was passed from one person to the next, and therefore, and so on, and so on. The tradition of the Jews was to pass the oral law, the spoken word, these traditions of men from generation to generation. And they did that for a long time. The traditional Jewish view is that both these Torahs were revealed at Mount Sinai. But the oral Torah was passed down again as oral tradition, hence the name, until the destruction of the second temple in 70 AD. Now, fearing that this oral Torah would be lost forever, and they committed it to writing for the first time during that time period. But in Jesus' time, it was just simply that which had been handed down, the traditions of the Father. We come to verse number four this morning in our study. The Bible says, and when they come from the market, except they wash, they eat not. And many other things there be, which they have received to hold as the washing of cups and pots, brazen vessels, and of tables. So all of this came from the teaching of the oral law. These Pharisees were literally obsessed with cleanliness. And that's, listen, there's nothing, absolutely, there's nothing wrong with being clean. But you can take that cleanliness to an excessive amount. And that's exactly what they did. You see, the Jews took ritual purification to the extreme. They considered cleanliness as a part of being holy or pure. John Wesley, who was the co-founder of the Methodist denomination, wrote in one of his sermons a saying that perhaps you know, cleanliness is next to godliness. You won't find that in the Bible. You'll find it in John Wesley's sermon. The phrase, again, is not in your Bible. You won't find it anywhere. But you can ask many people today and they say, oh, yes, that's in the Bible, but it's really not. And it is true that the Lord requires cleanliness before his presence. And God instructed Moses to teach Aaron and his sons to be clean before approaching the holy things of God. But yet the Pharisees had added thousands and thousands of rules and regulations to the law that God gave unto Moses. They took the law, the word of God, and they added to it by their oral traditions of men. And Jesus is preparing to straighten that out with the Pharisees. Mark's gospel gives us this record to help us who are Gentiles to understand. And now we have the delegation from Jerusalem. They came to Galilee to see for themselves this man named Jesus. But their mission was not to see the miracles or experience the presence of the Messiah but to find some fault with him that they might accuse him. And so he said that they, that they obsessed with exterior, with exterior cleanliness without ever thinking of the importance of inner cleanliness. And that's the just 
of the message Jesus is going to give them. Well, I see we're long past our time this morning. I realize this was going to be a little bit longer as an introduction to get you to understand just where it was this delegation came from and who they were and why they were there. Lord willing, we'll pick up again tomorrow right here in verse number five of, of Mark chapter number seven. May God bless you today. Thank you for taking time to be with us. Lord willing, we'll see you again tomorrow. Bye-bye. Child, I know you're sorry for all that you have done. Just breathe.